Today's guest life mission is to teach and empower people. He's a certified life coach, entrepreneur, business owner, and artist who is now focusing his professional energy on teaching singles and couples on how to create and maintain successful relationships. Welcome to the show, Andre. How are you doing? <laughs> Good morning, Toby. I think it's morning You're in Germany. So is it morning for you still? No. No, no it's evening already. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Incredible, right? How we get to have conversation yeah. across the world. Love it. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, joining me today on this episode of Mirror Talk. I really appreciate your presence and I'm looking forward to everything that we're going to learn about relationship in this episode. Like I'm, you know, getting ready with my notepad and pen and everything and, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But before, before we start, before we jump into relationships, I would love to learn from you yourself, from your own life journey personally. Mm. Um, I was while preparing for this um, interview, I was going through your website and I found out that you categorize your, your life into three phases, yeah. starting from your from you dancing professionally um, from 1984 to the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, I found this interesting and I would love you to just, you know, share these three phases of your life with me and why do you divide your journey so far into three phases? Well, I think I didn't really plan out that way. Right, it's just life sort of happens, and it de- I did create it did come out to three completely different phases of my life. Like as as one phase got, you know, kind of through, like the next phase became a different purpose and a different purpose. So if I explain mm. quickly, I I I come from a family of five kids. I'm number four, and uh, life was odd in my family. Like so, at, at the age of five, I kind of could finally put thoughts to my feelings that I was actually, this is, was like, I remember this, like I'm looking at you, like sitting in the steps. I can remember yeah. the wallpaper, the, the carpeting. And at five years old, I realized I was, I was born in the wrong family. Mm. I was born in the wrong These people are not my people. They don't like me and I can't relate to them. And I'm just literally at odds with them, like five years old. Mm. So it was both devastating and scary. And at the same times it was left me with the, the, I guess it's up to me. Right, like, like I have to take care of myself. Like five, it's kind of weird. It's it's been it's been intense. It's, so and what happened is from that, oh, okay, I became super super aware of everything. I started watching people, first my family, trying to understand how that's possible because that was so real for me. Right? It was like, how is this possible that I don't fit here? Like the mm-hmm. store took me to the wrong house. Like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Right, and so that was odd. But I started watching them. I was starting to start going to school, watching everybody. So I became a watcher of human beings and people, fascinated with the human conditions. Just fascinated. How did people? The more different or strange even the person was, the more I was curious. How'd you get to be like you? So nothing scared me. People that were weird or strange or different don't scare me. I'm just curious. I go right out to them, which yeah. sometimes they're like they're trying to keep people like me away from them. <laughs> That's why they look strange. So, yeah. That's sort of since I was five years old, I've been watching people, studying people. And it's interesting because with that, it fits my work now that I, you, I, I sense people. I don't have to talk to you. I know you. Like I feel you. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So we all have that ability. I just started really early. Anyway, so I was kind of disconnected from that space, this disconnected little kid, pretty sad little kid, you know, and didn't fit in anywhere in school. I kept watching everybody. I couldn't get into anything. It was odd, right? Mm-hmm. But at the age of 16, maybe a little bit, 15, almost 16, I believe, I went to a private high school and we had some fancy, because it was private high school, and you could take ballroom dancing for PE, physical education. I was a swimmer because I was a loner. If you're looking for me, I was usually sitting at the bottom of the pool by myself, <laughs> like at the bottom oh, of the pool. Yeah. I, like it wasn't good at team sport. You know, I was a loner. It was an odd ball. So... Mm. The beginning of the year, you had to sign up for a different kind of PE that you picked until it was full. And this young girl who I didn't know, I mean, I was an outcast. I didn't know anybody knew I was alive. This beautiful little young girl comes up to me. She remembered me from somewhere else. And she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I want to take ballroom lessons for, for, for PE, but you have to sign up as a couple. You're only my, my partner. And I'm all, huh? How <laughs> did you find me? <laughs> right. First, like, I didn't know she knew I was alive. Second, she's the cutest little thing. She's this big. Right. So I get to hold the herd in my arms. Wow. Uh, yeah. And I won't have to like get, you know, change for PE in Canada where it's cold to get in the pool. Even if it's indoor, it's cold. Right. So yeah. like one, two, three, of course. Let's go. Now, this is where yes. the interesting part comes in because I was like a outcast. I get into the first class 
pen with a goal in my arms. And for instantly, the first class, whatever the teacher showed, I could do. I could just do it. I instantly copy it. Mm-hmm. It was like, well, that's interesting. The kid who fits nowhere, who's good at nothing, right? This is yeah. in here. That was a gift. That was a gift. Thank you, God. You found the right fits here. It was just there. Like, it was like mm-hmm. overwhelming. So I become like invisible and a geek, you know, and mm-hmm. an outcast to like the star student assisting this, the teacher. And then we started, I started assisting teaching along. And so, and all of a sudden, all the girls, I'm a star. Like, uh, well, that was a different life. <laughs> so, really quickly within that year, I remember thinking, this is what I'm going to do for a living. It makes my heart smile, first of all. Music, dancing makes my heart smile, makes me happy. So I decided the, the girls love guys who can dance. Makes you know that's all I want to do, and I did. I made a career out of this. So I went from ballroom into moved to the West Coast. Ballroom did not exist. Uh, I ended up doing uh, in a jazz studio. We learned like you know commercial jazz dancing. They call it kind of contemporary yeah. now. And I ended up having getting a scholarship after three months, which is ridiculous. It doesn't happen that way. Like you don't know anything of three months of jazz dancing. But they gave me scholarships, so I guess scholarship was. I never paid for my training, so next thing you know, my life is going, developing and dancing. Yeah, this is what I wanted, but it's just ah. anyway. So, <laughs> moved to Los Angeles. I get scouted in a just at my. Own, I have my own Hollywood story. I was here for vacation, two days in. I'm at a party with dancers, and some. I get scouted and I get hired, and off I go on the road, like just like in the movies. Mm-hmm. So I became a commercial jazz dancer, settled in Los Angeles, ended up dancing with Paul Abdul, Michael Jackson, Prince, Julio Iglesias, mm-hmm. and I traveled the world doing this for 15 years. Yeah. I taught, I travel, I perform, I produce shows. I was in Thailand for four months. I was in Japan a million times. Like So fantastic life, dancing, having fun, seeing the world. Beautiful. Yeah. I met my wife, you know, early... Um, when I got to Los Angeles for touring within a couple of years, she's a ballerina. She came my, she was in one of my students. <laughs> oh, but wait, you know, you, we see her, you get it right away. Anyway, beautiful, yes. sweet woman. So uh, we both travel, you know, for our lives. Cause she's a ballerina as well. So it's part of the, it's part of the world, it's part of the life. And then when it's, we decided to start a family, this was phase two of my life. This is where I decided that I wasn't going to be traveling the world. I was not going to be an absent, absentee dad. I was going to be in my kid's life. I was going to be present. So I opened a car business in Los Angeles because I had some money and I love cars. I'm Canadian. I love old cars. So it started with my love of old cars, restored them, and became a full-on production uh, business. But it was like the the shop was literally six minutes from my house and the school was two blocks away. So I was at every recital, every meet, everything that happened, every Halloween party, every morning, you know, whatever parade, you know, both of us were there, my wife and I, that's what, that's what I wanted for my, that's how I want to raise my kids. I want to be present. So my big life became much smaller, but instead of me going to the world, the world would come to me. And it was actually really great. So I did this for many, many years. 22 years altogether, um, fixing cars, but I was always a teacher at heart and even my customers <laughs> would pick my brain. For some reason, people tell me everything. Like yeah. they just tell me everything, everybody, the cab driver, the Uber driver, the any like my customers that close the door. Okay. That's kind of personal, <laughs> you know? but my husband <laughs> is so, okay, let's right, talk about it. <laughs> it was funny. Mm-hmm. It was just, so something about me, people just spill out anyway. So 2006 in the middle of owning the second business, um, I was always doing personal development workshops. I've been doing this since I was 23 years old. I always want to learn, to learn, to learn. I'm curious, curious, curious. 2006, I ended up being invited to this workshop called Understanding Women in Los Angeles. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I agreed to go because I was invited. It was a gift. So, you know, the workshop's expensive. So for free, yeah. And I go, oh, wait, what is it? What are we doing? Understanding Women. I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of cute. Because you have to understand, since I started dancing, I had no problems with women, right? I have no, yeah, I have yeah. options. I had choice. I attracted sweet women. Right? Yeah. I didn't do the crazy stuff my friends did with the yelling and the, none of that. So mm-hmm. I thought I knew something. I think, I, yeah. you know, I don't know what, but <laughs> mm-hmm. so 
I went there thinking, okay, it's going to be cute, whatever. So I remember walking into that room that Saturday morning, and it was 400 people in there. And it was like, oh, this isn't cute. Something is serious going on here. Mm -hmm. And what I learned in that workshop blew my mind. Like, it just, my brain was all over the wall. And I realized I knew nothing about women. Zero. Mm -hmm. Absolutely zero. And I knew nothing about my wife, which is the most scary, because at the time, you know, we were married and had, I had a toddler and a baby. So my, all my siblings had divorced two, three times. One's on four now. Mm-hmm. I, my, I have my baby. I'm not going to mess this up and become a statistic because I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just because I don't I know. Like, I'm not that guy. So I went crazy. So I jumped into the, uh, the company's material. I took all their courses, of course. I became a workshop leader for them mm-hmm. <laughs> in training. So again, the teacher in me was just there. It was easy for me to teach, you know, this material because I was teaching my whole life, you know. Yes. I remember teaching dance classes to like 900 people at a time. So put me in front of anybody, I'm comfortable. That was my whole life since the beginning. So that was a no-brainer. And of course, I kept studying and researching and studying and researching. So I ended up working with like Dr. John Gray, Mars and Venus, Shanti Felhan in the South, Dr. Pat Hallen in Los Angeles. I'm trained as a therapist. I'm not a therapist and I want to be a therapist but I'm trained by one and all of expertise of 44 years of practice. And then Esther Perel in New York city, another doctor who's does a lot of work on intimacy, love and sex and why people should anyway. So I have this cocktail of information with these masters for the past few years. And of course people start asking questions. They talk to me anyway. So my friends and my neighbors and realize really quickly that my life's purpose was really to teach this stuff to the world and really put a dent in the cultural the cultural belief that equality is the way to go it's not you know not for relationships for business for of course for business for life you know for life matters equalities you know equal rights equal pay equal, equal opportunity of course of course of course of course yeah but yeah. we know that equality that approach to relationships love dynamic is the kiss of death it neutralizes everything it neutralizes polarity it neutralizes intimacy it neutralizes attraction Mm-hmm. And people fall apart. They don't know why. Equality mm-hmm. in love is the kiss of death. I'm going to say it again. Equality in love kills everything. This is my mm-hmm. work. I've been doing this since then, right? So interesting stuff. So my job now, my purpose, my mission is to suddenly, you know, help people understand this, kind of sound the alarm on, on believing that's the way to go. And, you know, because it's interesting in the time of history, this is the, the, the time in life, in history of mankind, where we have all the options, we have all the knowledge, we have, you know, you can do whatever you want, you can be whoever you want, right? Women can do anything they want. They've proven it over and over Mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. You know, but somehow statistics say, you know, women are less happy now, now, the past almost 20 years now, they're more Mm -hmm. unhappy now than they've ever been in the history of the world. Huh. Hmm. How can that be, right? This is where I come in because I don't why. Mm. It doesn't, it just seems weird. Like, like women are less happy now that their mothers, their grandmothers, their great grandmothers and all the generations before with all, yeah. the, with all the options. Yes. So I, I would love to dive back to, you know, the seminar that you attended that started it all. Yeah. Um, where you <laughs> yeah. learned about how to understand women and now combining it to, you know, the statistic that is just said now that women are less happier than all the women in history, for example. It's unbelievable, huh? Yeah, so please, can you explain to me um, what you learned from that seminar and why the statistic is now so that women are, you know, not as happy as the other well, women in, in yeah, history? Yeah. So what I learned is really the, because we know men and women are different, of course. We, we mm-hmm. see our differences all the time. What motivates me doesn't motivate my wife. What I think is exciting, she's like, really? <laughs> what she thinks is exciting, <laughs> I go, oh, okay, whatever. Oh, and let's, put yeah. a, let's put another pillow on the bed and let's put more little boxes around the house because they're cute. Like, mm-hmm. what? You know what I mean? Like, so we're, we're so, so different. <clears throat> Again, this is part of the cultural thing that I like to dismantle. I try to dismantle. I teach because it's just nature again. What I teach is nature and science. I don't teach my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, we're different human beings. We're operating. This is the John with this may, the major part of Dr. John Gray's work the past 10 years. The chemistry of our bodies make us act different, want different things, operate differently, communicate differently, talk differently, listen differently, mm-hmm. behave differently, work differently. Everything about us is different. So equality in that idea of we should be the same 
is where the problem is. We're actually very different. It's so different. It's like Mars and Venus. It's not even close. It's much bigger. It's night and day. It's it's completely in opposition because we're actually made to fit. So we have like two two pieces of a coin. You know what I mean? It's two halves that make a whole. If we talk yeah. about a relationship, you know, in my world because of my dancing background, it's so obvious, right? Like, look, just look behind. This is me and my wife. Mm. That means bone dancing. Now that is a partnership, right? Yeah. And the metaphors between dancing and relationships is the same. Like it's two independent people coming together mm-hmm. and then becoming this new unit that becomes the dance, which is the yeah. relationship. So it's two into one. But to think that this is <laughs> about equality, it's not, right? What he's mm-hmm. doing is completely opposite of what she's doing. You know, she's actually doing everything he's doing backwards in high heels and a dress. You know, that's not mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So it's yeah. not this, it's this. This takes mm-hmm. some learning. So the the, the blending of, of two different pieces become a whole. It's a point. So we're not supposed to be the same. But mm-hmm. I said, what I do best, or what, what, what I'm compelled to do naturally, that I love to do, she doesn't necessarily want to do, and vice versa. So it's like we complement it that way. It's beautiful. We're made to fit. You know, what I say when I get to be crass a little bit is, you know, we're as equal as our genitals. Look down. Mm-hmm. Not at all the same, but made mm-hmm. to fit. That's mm-hmm. everything about us is like this. Men and women were made to fit. We complement each other in every way possible. This is my work and it's fantastic. But if you're going to fight that, this is why there's a struggle. This is why men are like, ah, I don't know what the hell. Right, the women are like unhappy. They want men to act like women. Not any normal, self-respecting man will ever talk like your girlfriend. Be sweet like your girlfriend. Will be vulnerable. You go. He can't. Right. That's unnatural. Now, there's some learning. You can learn some of this stuff, but to 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 insist that he does it like a girl, ridiculous. It's never going to happen. And like I said, no no normal self-respecting man would do it. We encourage women to be masculine. That's good for business and work and making money, but Bring put that in a, in a, in front of a masculine man. We have a problem. They don't want that. They walk away from that. They want the feminine essence. Interesting. Nobody's yeah. talking about that, right? So this is where everything comes undone. This is what I see. Women are not happy. They can't create bonds with men. Men walk away from them constantly, mm. and they want to blame men for it. That's the culture. It takes two, and we've taught women for the past six decades or so, men as well. To be, to do, to, to value is actually keeping relationships at bay. It makes, it makes relationships more difficult, if not impossible. And this is the work that I do. Woo! How's oh, that? That's awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so w- w- when, we, you know, when we put all of this into factor, into place, yes. um, do, do you say we'll be able to build like a very healthy, fulfilling, long-term relationship? And if not, what are the things that we could also do in order to achieve, you know, or build a healthy, fulfilling, long-term love relationship? It's okay. So again, it's two pieces of the puzzle, right? It's mm-hmm. not, it's, it's two, it's so, in every, it's, you know, a relationship, this is where the problem stands. And I'm going to get back to your question. All culture, of, of the feminist movement especially, you know, but it's across the board and everywhere, have, have convinced people or women mm-hmm. that for the past centuries, you know, it's been patriarchy telling women, telling women what to do. Mm-hmm. Men in charge telling women what to do, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. <laughs> the idea is that men are in front of women and she's behind, mm-hmm. right? Okay. That's not, that's not exactly it. It could look that way, I understand, but that's okay. We have to, that's a whole different conversation. So what we taught women the past 60 years is like, forget being behind him. You're better than this, right? Get in front of him. Do you know what I mean? So now women are trying to get in front of men and have been getting in front of men, you know, across everywhere in, in culture, in the world. But again, that doesn't work either. Men is an honest man. Any self-respecting man is not going to be led that way, right? And so yeah. it's not him in front of you. That's a misunderstanding. It's completely misunderstanding. It's not true. And it's not her in front of him. That won't work either. Either don't work. It's me and her together, side by side. You see yeah. the difference? Mm-hmm. People don't, the, the culture is not present, representing relationship like this. It's partnership, not one in front of the other. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's crappy, right? That's of course nobody wants that. Do you want to be control? I don't want to be control. She doesn't want to control. But partnership means we bring two pieces, like the dance, we bring two pieces of the pie to make a whole. So in every relationship, by the way, again, this is this is how natural this all is, right? I have these. Uh, I work with men. I work with women. I work with couples, right? And so I'm always researching and studying relationships and how do you communicate in your relationship, whether it's parent, child, employer, employee, right? Partnership within the business. So mm-hmm. the first example that pops into my head of the dynamic of the differences that make a partnership work is that both bring a different piece to the partnership. Mm-hmm. So I have these, these two guys that are partners and make a ton of money and mm-hmm. in their personality, <laughs> one is extroverted. He's the guy on the microphone. He's the guy on the podcast. He's the guy talking about. It. He's the guy who's like in your face, right? Alpha leading, like blah blah blah. He's he's the voice. He's the face. He's the he's the what they see, yeah. Right. But what he's talking about is actually designed and created by his partner. It's like guys, there's two mm-hmm. guys doing business together, right? So the other guy is a thinker. The other guy is a creator. The other guy is the idea guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They come together. They go blah blah blah. blah we should do this. And they go yeah. To me, I'll design it. So one's the one is the you know the the extroverted one, the other one is introverted one, if you want to put it that way. What I'm saying is they're two different pieces, but together, ba-boom, they make a ton of money. Because if they were both, you know, try to fight the camera, yeah. they would go to hell. If they were both not able to do the work, the background work, the groundwork, the creative work, right? Again, if they're both trying to be in front of the mic, there's nothing to talk about, right? So True. You see, I mean, every dynamic, every relationships, especially duo relationships, but many in companies as well, everybody's got a space and their mm-hmm. role and their, the thing that they bring to add to the pie. So mm-hmm. relationships, some relationships are like this completely. So it's not in front of behind. It's how mm-hmm. we do, do this together. I like to do this, 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 and this, and I'm really good at this. Oh, you don't like these things. Oh, you'd rather do these things. Ah, look at this together. And all these things are negotiable, right? There's like male yeah. things and female things that are typical. But there's everything else in between that we need to go negotiate. Mm-hmm. And also some women will take some of the male traits and some men will take the, in the negotiating. The same thing like dancing, it's all negotiable. It's not mm-hmm. 1950, right? In the kitchen, barefoot, cooking, and he's out there making the money and she's a slave. That's not it. That's not it together. Well, how are we yeah. going to build our lives? What is it that we want? You know, what's it look like? What's the future? Yeah. Right? That's a partnership. And now we don't see that way in our culture. We see women have to get in front. Well, mm. like I said, this is why they're all my all my clients are the same. Strong, independent, powerful women. They're amazing, super smart, do a lot of good business. No man, mm. no man wants to date them. They have no man is trying to date them. Or the ones that are trying to date them are the very soft, sweet man who wants we want her to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. No, neither yeah. is working. So when a woman is stuck in a masculine, they don't typically know it. They attract soft men and, and repulse, you know, the masculine man. My favorite mm-hmm. line, and I'll let you ask a question. My favorite line is when women come to me and say, yeah, I intimidate men. And they go, <laughs> no, no, yeah. get over yourself. You know, right? You are irritating the man. That's different. When you're a masculine, you're disrespectful to a man's masculinity. And no man's going to stand for that. They really would walk away from you without saying hello. They actually could smell it off of you. So if you're a masculine woman and are pushing this agenda hard for yourself and you're fighting, you know, the world and competing in the world, acting like a man, you don't meet men. They literally just mm-hmm. walk away from you. They, could, yeah. they don't, they're not, it's disrespectful. It's irritating. It's, it's annoying. In business, they'll deal with you. Because they have to, everybody's out there working. That's fine. You'll still irritate them, and they'll deal with it. But in personal yeah. life, not one guy will stand with that stuff. Not one respectful man will stand with that stuff, and that's the problem. So, mm-hmm. like, what attracts, what makes a couple is the complementary, which means if you want, if you want a masculine man, a guy who's going to step up, take care of you, handle his life, you know, be able to support you and possibly children if you want. Well, that man is a man, and a man is not. Doesn't want to, you know, a man for a partner. Like hunters don't date hunters, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can be a strong, independent, powerful woman, but with a man, 
you got to be more the feminine part, the part that he's looking for, the part that he's missing, the one that compliments him. Again, like two magnets or two dancers, ballroom dancers, right? Like it's the opposition that works. It's the, the polarity that works. Two magnets, if they're two negative magnets or positive magnets, you can't get them to touch, right? Positive <laughs> negative magnets, click. Yeah. Now that's the magnetism of life, long love dynamic. So this is the part that people are missing or misinterpreting, you know, equality yeah. in that is a kiss of death in love dynamic. Okay, your turn. So, so, from, your, so from your experience so far, um, how would you describe what men and women want in relationship and why do they want such things in their relationships? Like you, you've talked about, you know, equality and about, um, you know, about the dynamics of relationship yep. already. But are there like some common things? Because I know it's, it could be individual. Like it is. Some women want some different things that is not common to all women and some men want some other things that are not common to all mm-hmm. men. But are there like some, some, you know, basic things that men and women want in a relationship for it to work? And why do men want these things and why do women want these things? Yeah, so that's deep, right? That's a big question because I, I could go on and talk till tomorrow morning <laughs> about all these things. <laughs> but if I'm going to yeah. make it a general sort of thing, you know, we're we're... We process things, we're attached to things, we're, you know, like I said, what motivates me doesn't motivate my wife. And the idea of, why do you do that? That's so weird, you know what I mean? And, you know, vice versa is, 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 where, is where it gets kind of disconnected. Because if you don't get your man, right? I'll tell you an example. My wife gets that it's ridiculous for most women. Are you ready? I'm a car guy. I opened my car business because I love cars. I love old cars. I love plastic cars. I love, you know, restoring old stuff. Yes. I have a whole bunch. I'm that kind of guy. So what am I thing to do when I'm not working? Because this, mm-hmm. you know, a man has to work and then he has to relax, right? Now, relax mm-hmm. doesn't mean sitting with my, ta- my, my wife talking to her all day long. That's not real, right? There's some of that, but that's not the bulk of our time when I'm not working, right? Sure. Women want that, but that's not <laughs> that's not really real. So the stuff that I do for a living to support us and family and my children, right, and hold the house together and keep a roof over our house, that's the machine of my life. And then this, this, the stuff that I do for me, what do I do to relax? What do I do to, re, you know, reboot and refill my tank so I have the energy to go back and fight and work some more, right? And then yes, with all yes. this, like, and the space for the family and the space for the kids and the space mm-hmm. of Sundays, sun, Sundays, family day and all this stuff, everything instead of it. So what I do for fun to recharge my tanks, everybody's, mm-hmm. you know, you tell me what yours is. This is mine. You ready? Yes. I spend the eve, the afternoon in the junkyard. Oh, on cars. Oh. Cars, old cars, right? <laughs> yeah. With my, my tools, right? Because you, here in California, you can pay, you can literally pay $2 and walk in the junkyard and take anything apart that you find and go back to the front and buy it, right? So old mm-hmm. cars. So it's sunny, which I love, as you know. It's sunny. It's warm. I'm surrounded mm-hmm. with car. The smell, the smell of gas and oil just reminds me of my childhood. So I'm completely at home there. I get all filthy dirty. And, and it triggers the hunter in me, right? I go hunting for that car that hasn't been taken apart yet or the person that you know, I need that little part in that, that car. And if I find the car, like, ooh, ooh, I hope somebody else hasn't gone there first. And the whole chasing and hunting and competing and all by myself. But, um, you know, yeah. they're talking about this 10 acres of cars. 10 acres of cars for me to like, sort mm-hmm. through, right? Mm-hmm. I spent the afternoon there. I'm happy as a pig wow. and, yeah. and rolling around in dirt, right? But because it just connects yeah. to and all the cars that I have and I can eat this, 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 this. So it's, it's fun for me. It, it triggers all the stuff about me that, 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 I, that I enjoy. Now, my wife would go, you, you're going to, what? Because I come back all really dirty. Like, I look like homeless. I'm like, completely, <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, well, you know, that works for you. Instead of like, God, that's so stupid. You look, you look bad and you smell bad. And, you know, like, what's the point anyway? It's a bunch of whole cars, right? And I had a friend mm-hmm. say to me one time, I had this old car that I restored, a 66 Oldsmobile. And it went from looking terrible. And within like nine months, like just this beautiful jewel, like shiny black, you know. And when she saw it before, she's like, it's just an old piece of crap. I'm like, oh, woman. You need to leave. <laughs> like, like, shock, <laughs> yeah. And I see she couldn't see anything beautiful about this because it's old and no paint and you know. Or mm. before I restored it, it was just faded. It looked old. It was an old car, 66. Mm. Mm. 
Nine months later, when it was done in shiny and black and just looking like a diamond, I remember going like, ta-da, do you remember the car? Do you remember how terrible it looked? Look at it now. She's like, huh, it's still an old piece of junk. And I'm like, wow, but doesn't get it, right? Mm-hmm. And most women don't get that thing about cars, whether it's performance you're after or classic lines or, you know, antique or restoring or safe, whatever. My mm-hmm. wife doesn't get it, but she gets me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she's not saying, why do you go there? Why so silly? And who cares about the old cars, even though they're shiny? She's like, that works for you, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes when I get overly busy, because it happens, right? And I don't have space mm-hmm. to really take care of myself. She'll go, did you go to a junkyard? <laughs> why don't you just you know, take a couple hours to go to a junkyard? Yeah. Oh! Good idea. She knows what it does for you, right? That's a woman who gets me, right? Mm. So that's what I'm saying. With men and women, we all have different things that work for us, right? Mm-hmm. It's, then you, ha- you have to kind of allow this space to exist, you know? There's a lot of things that women do that make absolutely no sense to us, right? Mm. So we don't go, God, that's stupid. We just go, huh, ah, that's, that's what she likes. You know what I mean? Like, so that's, that's respect is essential. Mm-hmm. But often yeah. women like to tell us that makes no sense. So why do you do this? You know what I mean? Like that's not necessarily respectful. There's a respect and there's understanding, and that's the kind mm. of the discovery that you want to have. You know? Yeah. And how do you communicate your your needs and wants? You know, respectfully. That's that's the key, right? Because the more masculine the guy is, the less. Hmm, how do I put this? The more masculine the guy is, the more. You have to approach him respectfully for him to respond appropriately. So mm-hmm. again, if I say everything I teach is nature and you know nature, um, instinctively men are warriors, right? Hunters, yeah. like hunter gatherers, right? So the warriors are the mm-hmm. fighters, the conquerors. You know, they kill themselves to con- to, to con- conquer, compete, and survive and feed their family. The gatherers mm-hmm. will stay behind and gather everything in necessity, take care of the children bond together, right? There's a whole machine. This has been going on for like two and a half million years. So 60 years of history of flipping the script is not caught up to our bodies. That's why we have such difficulties, right? Mm -hmm. So so what happens if you don't approach men in a communication style? This is a big part of what I teach. How do you communicate respectfully when you approach your man, when you approach your woman Mm -hmm. is because if you don't approach him respectfully that he's open to hearing you as opposed to go, we need to talk. Mm. That's not going to go well. I teach women to never use that line. We need to talk. He's, he's, not, he's ready to fight because he knows he's in trouble. That's never going to mm. turn out well. Because what happens when you trigger his fight instinct, instinct, he doesn't want to fight with you. But if you go, I'm coming at you, right? Mm. You're being a, now you're, th- you're a threat. You're coming at him like an enemy. He's mm. going to fight back. So instead of listening to you, if you don't approach him right, and I'm not saying you have to tiptoe around him, you just have to know how there's a language. That's all I'm saying, right? If you approach him respectfully with the right language, instead of putting his dukes up and then resisting whatever you say, because who wants to know that they're messing up, they're in trouble, and they didn't write when he doesn't, right? You approach him right, and he's like open to you. go, huh, okay, I hear what you're saying. And you, if you went that way, when you approach them respectfully, you actually pull at men's instinct because our instinct again is to fix. We want to fix things. You have a problem, let me fix it, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're neurotic problem solvers. You're shaking your head, right? You know this in your body, like you know, yeah. you got the lights out. Oh, let me fix it. <laughs> the garage door is not open. Ah, let's fix the garage door because now we're not safe, mm-hmm. right? So we 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 fix stuff for safety, for protection, for providing. Instinct. So when you understand mm. man's instinct, it's so t- you all you have to, 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 to trigger it and he does everything that you want. So instead yes. of challenging yes. the man, if you want your mm. needs met and have a conversation, negotiation, mm. you approach him in a way that opens him up. And then, you know, when you do this, this is what happens to me. I don't like it. Maybe mm. can we do it a different way? Mm. Fix it for me, please. Oh, sure. Well, what do you mean? Like, he's going to want to fix it as opposed to push back on you because mm-hmm. when you approach him like a like, like a warrior he's going to push back like a warrior it's, he has to protect himself and even if you're right you have a good point as a woman or anybody he's dealing with because the same thing with business and partnership 
right? If you approach him and attack, he feels attacked, he's going to push back, even if you're right and you are going to lose. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to think you're a jerk. You're going to think he's a jerk and he thinks you're a jerk for you know, attacking him without him yeah. seeing it coming, right? So it's how you do this. The respectful negotiation is how do you speak? I call it Manglish. How do you speak a man's language? So instead of like triggering his instinct to fight and push back and defend himself, that he actually opens up and goes, yeah, what's up? How can I help? Yeah. Language. Yes. So that's the big one. And how can we speak to the ladies in a way that is respectful also? Are there ways that men should speak to women? It's kind of the same way, right? It's kind of the same way. It's a respectful approach that, that because what happened is if you approach a man without, you know, setting him up, I want to say that he's open and responsive, right? He's going to boop. For the women is when you don't set him up, if you don't set her up to say, I got something to say that may be uncomfortable, Mm-hmm. Anything that you say to help her fix her or fix something or change something, mm-hmm. she will take personally and she'll start crying. And now you're mm-hmm. a jerk again. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So you yeah. have to set her up that she knows that you have to say something and be uncomfortable. And I love you so much. That's not what I'm saying, right? I'm not judging you. I'm saying I'm uncomfortable with this. So mm-hmm. this is that now a woman knows, like she's instead of taking on as he's attacking me, is he's mm-hmm. uh criticizing me i love you I, I love you i love you i love you right it's just i this 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 really works for me can we look into this right yeah, and this yeah, is you keep yeah. her you, you keep her from shutting down and thinking you're a jerk because you know how to approach her so language i'm a linguist right this is the stuff that i teach mm-hmm. and you know um and the teacher of effective communication communication strategies is super important this is one of the one talk about communication between men and women or between Anybody, every relationship, every dynamic you have, every work dynamic, there's relationships all around you, your boss, your, your peers, right? Like every, everybody you talk to, you have a relationship with, if they're regular in your life, that knowing to communicate appropriately, respectfully on both sides, looks a little bit different, um, keeps the channels open and miscommunication. You know, people say communication is about the words that you use. No, I mean, it's part of it, but this is not enough. There's much more like finesse to it, you know, because if you're, if you think you're communicating and you're being so obvious, but you don't get the results or you get pushback, you're not, <laughs> you're not communicating. You're, you're trying to lean on somebody and, or they're not, you know, their style of communication is different. So you're being pushy or disrespectful or, you know, often sometimes the timing, the timing is super important for somebody to be mm-hmm. present and open. You can't just start talking you know what I mean? Because they're like, True. especially man, the single focus. So you can't just barge in and say, you know, all right, so let's figure that stuff out. You can't, what? Wait, no, I'm doing this right now, right? Like, do you get a reaction? You get a wall up, you get a little pushback. You're like, yeah. well, I'm trying to talk to you. You know, what's the problem? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm busy. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I need to get this done now. Well, no, not this. <laughs> just that, you know what I mean? So. This yeah, is just five yeah. simple steps to use on everybody, and that just takes care of all that stuff. And especially in love dynamics, because all relationships can be tricky in communication, mm-hmm. but when you put love on top of it, oh, bye bye, right? Like this, this is a whole new level of of assumptions and and expectations. And as much as mm-hmm. these relationships bring out the best of us, it also can bring out the worst of us. So mm-hmm. we have humans up here dealing with yeah. each other so it gets tricky so that's the word that's today. true Oof, yeah. how you like that <laughs> thank thank you so much Andrea. Yeah, i really cool. appreciate that yeah but you know um from everything you've talked about you know about communication and talking to each other in a respectful way um i'm i'm sensing like vulnerability also in you know in that form of communication oh, yes. also. so so what's, what's the place of vulnerability how can we deal with vulnerability how can we accept embrace vulnerability or deal with it in, in a relationship well, it's interesting. Vulnerability, I say nothing happens between men and women or any, in any really tight relationship or love relationships without vulnerability. Mm. If you, you're not willing to be vulnerable, typically the woman has to start it. I hate to say it. It's not sexist. Again, it's science. Mm. Um, a man can only attach himself to a woman when she shows her vulnerabilities, when she shows her heart. So when a woman is in a man mode, I call it, or a masculine mode or like business mode, she's in her head. Mm-hmm. When you're in your head, this is where men live. Men live in their heads 
To be masculine is to be in your head. To be feminine is to be in your heart, in your body. So when women are in man mode or act like men, work like men, you know, compete with men, they're in their heads. So we're head on head. There's no polarity. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So yes. this is where women say, like, you know, I work in an office with like six, you know, handsome, you know, available bachelors. I'm young. I'm, I'm single. Nobody's asking me out. Well, because when you're in work mode, you're man on man. Men don't see you as a woman. They see a man in a skirt. You know, they don't see you as a woman <laughs> yeah. because they'll say bad jokes in front of you that you go, God, that's not a room. There's no woman in the room. As far as we're concerned, you're a man. Mm -hmm. you so that's, this is stuff that I teach. How do you undo this? Or how do you open the channels for them to see you as a woman, even though if you're working with them? Okay, different conversation. Yeah. But this, so that's energy. Everything's energy. So you, mm -hmm. you act like a man, men don't see you. Masculine men don't see you. Feminine men will be yeah. all over you, right? But yeah. they make you crazy. Yes. So yeah. vulnerability when it comes to relationship is essential because it's only when a woman is vulnerable and shows her heart that a man can actually feel her and attach himself to her. That's the magnetism, right? Men, masculine men, don't open their vulnerability first. They need you to open it up and then they meet you there. It's very, very interesting. And there's a bunch of ways I practice, or I help people practice this. It's small in the beginning because it's scary. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yes. without vulnerability, you can't feel each other's hearts. You can't feel each other's soul. You can't, you can't attract the good soul of a man. He needs to see vulnerability. And that means it's a little bit scary. And you got to get out of your head and get into your heart. And this oh, is why men it. connect. Yeah, it's the polarity again. It's everything I'm teaching. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. There's, I love that. Like, get out of your, get out of your head and get into your heart. Yeah, but when <laughs> women are when women are competing and working, it's normal. You have yeah. to be in your head, right? So, mm -hmm. by the way, every woman working is in a masculine. That's fine. You have to the great results. You have to man up, right? Mm. Create, compete, produce, push, get the contract, get it done, make some money. That's all masculine. That's fine. And it's our culture. Everybody's doing that. You have to stop at the end of the day. And turn yourself back into a woman. Otherwise, you're constantly invisible to man. Constantly invisible. And you think, my clients come to me with really, often like really heartbroken. They're like, you know, I'm still young. I got everything. I have my own business, career, money, car, house. And no one wants to date me. And I'm pretty. And look, I'm well-dressed. And I go, honey, it's not how you look. It's how you feel. They don't, you are stuck in your masculine because they think there's something wrong with them, right? What's wrong with me? Like nobody, and if I, I can't get a date or nobody's asking me out, and if I do get on a date, I can get a second date. I go, honey, it's not, it's your energy. It's not yeah. how you look, it's how you feel because that's the polarity again, right? If, you know, if you approach relationship, and women do this nowadays as well. There's a paradigm of being in their heads all the time. They go on a date and they turn this into a job interview. Yeah, no. <laughs> men, men, oh my God, that's the most irritating thing in the world, right? So there's a way even like approaching dating, especially the first three days, is essential that you set up the tone for the for the date. If you go up and approach him like this, okay, let's see what you got. and Or interview him or want to find out everything that's wrong with him, he's out of there. He's so quickly out of there because that is not why he's there. He wants to know who you are. He's curious about who you are. This is why he asked you out, mm -hmm. right? So you don't yeah. go and man up against him on a date. You just kill the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And men will That's say true. things to me like, we've learned all this, right, from men and from women. But guys will say, so they go, so how'd it go? And they go, well, she's an interesting woman. She's actually quite lovely. But, <laughs> but, now if this a but on the first date, you don't get a second mm -hmm. date. And the butt can be all kinds of things, right? So this is this is why I say like it's very, very it's essential to for women to really be aware of the energy that they bring, especially in the beginning, because if in the beginning the first date is a butt, mm. why would you go for a second one? There's something wrong with her. I don't know what it is. You know, it's like the butt means something, right? Like if you're edgy, if you're uncomfortable, if you don't trust men, if you hate dating, right? Like that's all, that's all weird energy coming at him. So, and men are very this is interesting. This is like in the beginning of a, on the first, second, third date, especially 
men who don't walk around with their feelings, right? We're always stuck in our heads. But on a date with a woman, we're very aware how it feels to be with her. You know this, right? You're shaking your head. Yeah. That's your man. Yeah. You know what it yeah. feels to be with a woman. Like, it's either fun and warm and comfortable. And you're connected to her and you want to know more and you're fascinated by her. She's charming. She's enchanting. You're like, wow. Yeah. Or, <sighs> right. Mm. Now I'm being interviewed. Right. Now she's in her head. <laughs> now there's nothing about her that's, that's enchanting or charming or warm. Right. She's in her head. Now, we don't ex- we can explain that. Men can't say this. Men are very, very, the more masculine, the more that is fact, very binary. It's yes or no. <laughs> it's in or out. It's black or white, right? It's up yeah, or down. Like, yeah. There's no in between. So mm-hmm. if you're no on the face, the first few times that he meets you, mm. like, she's cool, but whatever that but is, is a no. Mm. And men will say, oh, you know, it was a lovely time. I'll call you later. They get in the car. They goes, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. And they disappear. And it hurts women. It's a terrible thing. Let me tell you some. Let me say something else about that. And women say, well, you should call me to tell me this. No. No, not because it's mean. Because it is. It's rather crappy for a guy to say, I'll call you. to call you. However, I go back to instinct. Back to nature. Yeah. Men naturally want to provide, provide and protect women. We're not wired to hurt women. This is why we can't fight with women. When you have a fight, you know, as men, you're shut down. Because we're not equipped to fight. We don't want to fight. And it overwhelms our brain and we shut down. Mm. Right? So yes. not one normal male, after going on a date with you saying she was cool, but she was interesting, but not one normal male will get on the phone and call you and say, you know, by the way, I don't like you. I don't know what it is or something weird with you. So I'm, I'm not going to go out with you. Like that would be like hurting her on purpose, which is mm-hmm. anti nature and anti for normal males. It's not natural. So yeah. the offense to disappear is rude, but to a male, normal male, I'm not excusing the behavior of explaining the behavior. That would be, that's even worse. You don't call a girl to say, I don't like you. So I'll never call you again. That would, that's right. That's obscene. <laughs> that's obscene. You know, yeah, but true. there's a place in between. But you could say, you know, I've enjoyed your company. I don't see how it's really being a match. That would be the respectful thing to say. But most guys, even that, so I teach men that, by the way, but instinct will have them just not, just no. So it's, it's a, it's a, an example or a, an exercise in human spirit to do something uncomfortable for the sake of being kind to somebody. But, Instinct is typically human animal, which means just take the shortcut. Yeah, just anyway. to protect the, the lady's feeling. Yep. Basically. It, yeah. lo- it looks mean and it's crappy, but it's actually to protect yeah. them, but it sucks. So yeah, I, I teach men not to do that and how to do yeah. that so it's not so awkward and they're not hurting her. They just don't have the feelings. Yeah. Oh, oh this is so this is so awesome, Andrea. I've, I've learned a lot from this, from <laughs> you already. Is, like, from, <laughs> from and, and this is like little bits, right? This is like this much of it. Yes, exactly. And I'm, I'm sure there are listeners out there now who would love to like um, know more about your coaching services and the yeah. resources that you provide. So can you, can you share this with me, with us briefly? Like what are your coaching services about and how can we reach you to yeah. work with you? So a few things. So um, by the way, I, I, I have a gift for you listeners. Oh, so if, yeah. if anybody is curious about what I do and yes. confused about their circumstances and understand that I offer all you listeners, any one of them, a free our call, like I call it exploratory call. Like, what is it mm-hmm. that's not working in your life? What is it that you want? What's the dream? And mm-hmm. how can I help? Right. So it's mm-hmm. a good call as far as digging in a little bit, peel, mm-hmm. peel the onion, and uh, it's doable. And the call, it's interesting because I go right back to most of us have childhood issues. Everybody's got childhood issues, big or small, kind of thing. But yeah. these typically are the things that get in our way in being completely open and vulnerable and real in the world. And so often when you go, what's wrong with me? And that call will peel the onion. And you go, see, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just what happened. <gasps> like that's very, so the call alone is uplifting and helpful and will, you know, give you, lift your spirit and maybe even give you hope that this is not you. It's what happened. Now, what do you want to do with that? Right. So that's, True. so the free call takes about, it's a little bit over an hour typically. So if you go to, I have this landing page, it's called, if you go to, 
Uh, Andre Group Coaching, andregroupcoaching.com is the landing page. It takes, it takes you to my calendar. Just click on the, the VIP one-hour call, men or women. It'll go right to my calendar, and then we'll have a conversation. So that's my gift to the audience. Otherwise, Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Otherwise, to find me and see what I'm up to, if you go to my website, projectequinox.net, Equinox is E-Q-U-I-N-O-X.net, right? Be clear. Yeah. Um, do you understand the Equinox is a perfect place between dark and light? Yeah, it's so true. the whole balance. Yeah. So that's why I called it. I thought it was clever. Uh, I have an Instagram. It's at Relation Dynamics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Project Equinox, Equinox on Facebook. If you Google my name, it'll come up all over the place. I have podcasts all over the place. But the web page, the website has a few YouTube videos. I haven't been too overwhelmed to do really build that channel. Maybe I have twenty five the. YouTube, YouTube, but I have a lot of, uh, I have some articles, you could have blogging and stuff. So stuff that I wrote, stuff that I've done in a lot of podcasts on there and also podcasts, men's podcasts, which women mm-hmm. should really take a look to see men talk without the depends of women, how men talk, you know what I mean? It's kind of a being a fly on the wall type thing. So anyways, you can mm-hmm. spend the afternoon on the website, but, um, yeah. Um, and anybody who's curious about anything, just, Book, a, book an appointment or send me an email, you know, mm-hmm. and see how I can help. Um, I have an event. Did I, can I announce this? Yes, please. I have yeah. actually, because depending, this is not going to air today, right? No. Right. So I have an event this evening, but that's irrelevant. But I have also like a two-day event coming up in February. Mm-hmm. So if you, if, you, if you go to the website and subscribe, you become part of the informed crowd if you're on my list, and you'll see all mm-hmm. the events that are coming up. And, these events are incredibly cheap. It's different than working one-on-one, obviously, and it kind of gets you in the loop. I also have a free Facebook um, private group for women only. I have about 1,600 women in there, and I have a private mm-hmm. group. So just get a hold of me, and we'll talk about your needs. <laughs> yeah, of course, yes. I'm going to place all of this information in the show notes of this episode, so it makes it easier for anyone yeah, who is interested to copy, to click on the links, and to get across to you, Andre. That would be so Perfect. awesome. Perfect. I, I, I really appreciate it. Everything I've been able to learn from you in this episode, um, you've enlightened me more on relationships and, you know, dynamics. And I love the, the way you, you know, narrated your, the stories, you know, connected to the, answering the questions. That makes it very relatable and makes one to really understand it and also have that means of the opportunity to reflect on them. I really appreciate it, Andre. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. It was fun. We could do it again, yeah. by the way. There's so much you could talk about. Wow. wow. You made it to the very end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm grateful for your time, your love, and your contributions. Subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast. God bless you. Bye. Bye.